Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers, happy Friday. Today I'm going to dive into relationships. And the more I looked at the questions people were sending me about relationships and uh, how to start one, how to heal from one, uh, what you can do with the law of attraction and what you should never do with the law of attraction or never try to do, um, it dawned on me, I can't do this in one sitting. So today is the first of what will be four, unless I change my mind and add, four uh, spiritual tune-ups on relationships. And today we're going to talk about how to start one. And then I'm going to go into the prickly question of using the law of attraction to get a certain someone to improve their behavior or start paying attention to you. All right. So to begin with, love, romance, all that that entails, you know, it is, of course, one of the things that can add to the journey of life more than anything else, sharing, giving and receiving love. But when those who approach me are looking for more love, they are usually at such a point in their life where it's like, it's overwhelming them and they go to this place where the number one thing they focus on is the absence of a partner. So today's lesson is of course, just about getting started. I will also be talking about the other ramifications, challenging relationships, healing from relationships to come, but today it's about starting them. So if you're moving in life with a focus on lack, which I talked about two days ago, does wanting something negate the vision? It absolutely does. That doesn't mean you can't want something. But the first step in attracting and beginning a new relationship uh, beyond the visualization, and I'll talk about that shortly, is to lead a well-balanced life. You want to be that person that has somewhere to go, that has something to do, that has a lot of friends, that has their own life. This is what's super sexy and super attracting. Nobody's looking for somebody who's got nothing going on because they put their life on hold while they wait for a partner. Um, my wife and I did not meet until I was in my late 40s. I had a few relationships here and there. None of them lasted more than... 10 months or so in, in five decades of life, uh, three decades as an adult. And, and during that time, I can see now what served me so well is I focused on all the other great stuff in life. 
A relationship will never make your life. In fact, it'll be hollow and a fraction of what it could be if you don't already have a life. Now, you know, that's career, that's your physique, that's your hobbies, your interests, your friends, your creative expression. Please, as you simultaneously knock on doors and turn over stones and envision your life you know, in a rocking road relationship, be sure to diversify all other areas of your life. Highly, highly spiritual, although it seems like, you know, mundane, mere mortal, sign up for match.com, dating websites, go out on blind dates. That doesn't seem so spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Don't be thinking that your whole life is going to blast off once you have a relationship. Let your life blast off without one. And you will be a magnet to everybody who wants some of that. The other prong that I wanted to talk about in this uh, tune-up is, you know, can you visualize a specific person behaving a specific way? Well, sure you can, but should you? And there's a caveat. The answer is yes but don't attach. When I teach about defining our end results uh, all over the world on various world tours, um, I talk about the vital importance of wisely defining your dreams, wisely defining end results, and doing so in a way that allows divine intelligence to connect all the dots, including a billion dots that you don't even know exist. You use your physical senses, we all do, to assess the world around us. And we think, hmm, yeah, I know 2,000 people. I know 200 on a you know, nodding basis. And I know 20 uh, as a friend. So we pick from that very, very limited number of people who the person, who the perfect person we think is for us. Meanwhile, the universe knows 7 billion more contenders. And as soon as you say it has to be that person or you think in your heart, I know it's that person, they complete me, we'll be so happy together. You take yourself off the market for seven and a half billion people. You don't want to do that. Now, here's the beauty. You can visualize a specific person behaving a specific way. And this will maximize chances that that person will take the bait and step it up another level. But there's no assurance. Never, ever, ever can the law of attraction or the power of your thoughts manipulate other people into doing things they don't want to do. And thank God, that means you cannot be manipulated. So it's like win, 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 win. You get to have your say. And you can insist and demand upon an exciting, exotic travel partner with benefits but you cannot insist on who that is. You might be like, but I know it's Rocky. It's like, just maybe it's Rocky. We're not going to take Rocky out of the equation. Visualize Rocky, but leave the door open. You have to leave the door open or you exclude even better than Rocky, okay? I mean, there might be like a double chocolate version of this Rocky, okay? So, so insist on the end result, 
settle for nothing less than a rocking relationship as you diversify your amazing life visualize vision boards put pictures of rocky and prince charming and trixie uh get them up there to ramp the emotion up imagine you're on a deserted beach in the south seas with your love interest but leave room for better and while you can't imagine better it's there and if it's not there and Rocky's the one for you, you're going to get Rocky on a silver platter. All right. So you got to leave it open. I know that's torture. I know that's seemingly heartbreaking. I know that seems to nullify all kinds of things. And trust me, believe me, the universe knows best who's perfect for you. Okay. Now you can, you can visualize Rocky, but leave the door open for better. It could turn out that Rocky's a dud a real dud all right so at least you're gonna leave the door open jumbo fellow adventurers time for relationships two of four installments a spiritual tune-up what do you do or what do you call a situation where you've got two people who want different things. What do you call it? A relationship. Uh, so often I find people vexed and disturbed and frustrated because their partner isn't more like them. But this is what got you together to begin with. Um, you're never gonna get somebody on the same page all the time in every single way. Thank goodness. This is how you begin thinking thoughts you've never thought before. This is what's going to prompt them to think thoughts they've never thought before. And throughout, there's that baseline of commonality, perspectives. Maybe you're both spiritually inclined. Maybe you're both animal inclined. Maybe you're both construction and design inclined. Go with what you've got together and then look to be enriched. It is the fruit and spice of life. It's supposed to be that way. Now, let's get a little more specific because I know, um, you know, maybe I'm splitting hairs here and this is not quite what many of you have been asking me about in terms of relationships. So a, a question I get so often is, Mike, and it's almost always a woman, uh, Mike, I'm really into the universe and the law of attraction and believing all things are possible. And my husband thinks I'm Looney Tunes cuckoo. Um, how do we ever make this work? Now, it doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man or a man or a man or whatever, but often there are two parties who come to find either grew differently or maybe at the beginning were quite different in their spiritual outlook regarding the nature of reality and how things work. Even here, I would urge you to focus on and celebrate the things that you do have in common. And just as you do not want them to cram Christianity down your throat, you know, scripturally speaking, or whatever their viewpoints are, or life is a result of hard work and dedication, uh, there's a place for that. You don't want them to change your thoughts, and neither do they want you to you know, make their life all rainbows and unicorns. There's still infinite latitude 
for being enriched by the other person and not thinking that this is going to somehow detract from you. Now, more specifically, what happens if I want wealth and abundance and I want to use the law of attraction to bring it into my life, thoughts become things, but my partner doesn't want me to work. My partner uh, thinks that we need to be scrimping and saving and doing all kinds of advanced calculations with a 401k plan so that one day we can retire modestly. I see no issue here. You can do it your way. He or she can do it their way. And if they are of the persuasion that you shouldn't be working, this is a fundamental pillar that, that brings to mind more, uh, this brings to mind a, a turf, uh, an area that there does need to be have a, there does need to be a conversation. Uh, it is not reasonable for one person to say, uh, you know, you can't work, you can't leave the house, you can't do this, you can't do that. If there are kids involved and you're raising the kids and you agreed long ago with your partner that this would be the case, that you would stay home and not work and they would be the breadwinner, then it's time to revisit that conversation. But keeping in mind earlier commitments and obligations made and agreed to, uh, it's temporary. Kids grow up pretty quick. You can't all of a sudden learn about the law of attraction and demand that you go out into the world and you know leave your home, leave your partner, leave your kids. Some things take more time to apply. But the notion of going out and making a buck is so different today, particularly with the quarantine that we've been in. Uh, it's been evidenced already, and it was clearly coming to bear in the last decade, that you can do both. You can raise a family, you can be at home, and you can have a business. And so there is the occasional area where there needs to be a meeting of the minds and new parameters discussed while being mindful of higher priorities and earlier agreements. If the scenery changes, then the scenery has changed, and that must be taken into account. But typically, the people that have asked me this kind of question, whose partner doesn't want them to work, it is based on uh, an earlier old school view of reality. And if that once worked for you, then chances are there's some form or fashion of it that could work for you as training wheels until you move beyond into your full financial independence, working from home full-time, then part-time, then gradually as the kids are getting older, going out into the world. If one partner wants wealth and abundance and the other one makes that the lowest priority in the world, there's no reason that the partner who wants wealth and abundance can't have it beyond the conditions that I just named. It's perfectly fine if your partner does not believe in the woo-woo and the unicorns while you do. This is it. Game on. Show your partner. Be a light. Live your life within the agreements that I just outlined a little while ago. Now, then to get even more specific, there is the possibility where one partner wants to live in California and another partner wants to live in Florida. You can't live in both places, right? There does need to be, again, a meeting of the minds. But more important than where you live is the joy in your heart, mind, and soul.
And you know as well as I do that that could happen virtually anywhere. So all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I can't live in California because my partner wants to live in Florida. It's like, so what? So what? Maybe your partner will change their mind. Maybe you could vacation in California. Maybe ultimately you could have two homes, one on either coast, but far more relevant. And this is almost so frequently overlooked in such con conversations is that in terms of priority and pecking order, where you live is relatively unimportant. And where you are today has profound meaning. I mean, I live in Florida. I'd like to live in many other places right now. But when I stop the frantic search in my mind of where should I be living? Where could I be living? And I take a gander at the beauty that's here and all that it affords me and more the inner adventures of my mind and my manifestations, my enlightenment, my joy. If I move to any of the other places that I think would be more ideal for me, they would quickly become routine. Not that I wouldn't love them. And what would be most important is my inner journey. And it's the inner journey that is the highest calling for all of us. So let's not make uh, such differences when it comes to partner perspectives such a big deal when there's so much more to love about the person that you're celebrating your life with. So much more that brought you to this point where you have a partner, which is not to say that all partnerships must remain intact forever and ever because you took a wedding vow, you know. There's nothing unspiritual about a separation of ways. I'm just trying to bring in this conversation to light some common sense uh, considerations with regard to responsibility and overall your greatest happiness. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, spiritual tune-up number three of four pertaining to relationships. And the question today, the topic today with regard to relationships is what to do when they become challenging. Now, the first thing I wanna share with you was an idea I got about 20 years ago from a book by Eric Butterworth. He's long since been deceased. He's a former Unity Church minister. The book title is Discover the Power within you. Uh, this is not a book on relationships, although I believe there was a chapter on relationships. And for those into metaphysics and who maybe were raised a Christian of some sort, as I was, um, I also want to tell you that this book by Eric Butterworth has many scriptural quotes from the Bible, Old and New Testament. And then he puts a spin on them which is really not a spin. He undoes the spin that's been handed down through millennia. Uh, too often, these quotes that, is, that are so filled with truth and beauty have been misinterpreted. Um, and this book is a total wow about living the life of your dreams. And he speaks to relationships. And something I took from that book, Discover the Power Within You, um, has served me to this very day. We tend to think that you know, we're the eyes and the ears of God, good on you, that uh, life is supposed to be easy, good on you, um, and that relationships are just supposed to just add to the magic, 
good on you. But we miss a beat when all of a sudden there's a challenge in the relationship. Someone's pushing our buttons and there, there's a tendency among spiritually aware people to be like, you know, I don't need to deal with that. Okay, I, I am a being of light, a God particle, and my rainbows and unicorns go with me everywhere. And so, you know, adios amigo. Eric suggests that very often one of the compelling, attracting factors to all relationships is at a deeper level, we know this person will eventually be pushing our buttons. And it's part of the beauty and magnificence of the divine orchestrating, the divine being your higher self, the perfect situation, perfect person at the perfect time in your life when you're ready to grow and become more than you could have ever come before. And this would not have been revealed to you had this new person in your life not been pushing your buttons. To the contrary, it is not time necessarily to turn around and hightail out of there. It is time to batten down the hatches, to go within, and to re-examine the equation of this love interest that all of a sudden has gone a little bit wobbly, and now they're irritating you, and they're not picking up after themselves, and they're disregarding uh, their own appearances, they're gaining weight, they're losing weight, they're unemployed. Perfect, perfect for you. Now, of course, everything I share virtually, except for thoughts become things, you know, there's going to be exceptions. So you have to suss out whether or not uh, this invitation for staying in a challenging relationship applies to you or not. But some of the questions you might be asking yourself, how might I better deal with this problem area? How am I blinded to to the importance of what's happening or what is not happening. How have I messed up my priorities that this person who I deeply love is now making me think of that that I'm repulsed by, okay? Where can you rearrange the circuitry? Because, you know, red alert, you know, we're not all perfect. And sometimes the first sign of ourselves missing a beat, we didn't think we were missing a beat, is when somebody pushes a button. Okay. In my household, um, we're like the odd couple. You know, one of us is organized and left brain, and the other one is free and footloose and um, never puts the cap on the toothpaste. <clears throat> and now multiply that by a factor of 100. And uh, you see a button that's being pressed for me, you know, organized the, very quickly in this uh, adventure with my, my wife. Um, I was able to discern that there is so much good that comes from our relationship, so much that I love and revel in, so much about her that I respect and honor, that these little things <clears throat> that I would blow out of proportion need to be put in their proper, <clears throat> excuse me, proper perspective. Uh, and, and that's a very simple task. I know that you might be dealing with something much more weighty, much more uh, challenging. Um, you know, your sanity may be at stake. Your, your um, purse strings might have been completely undone. You might be filing for bankruptcy based on the behavior of the person you're with. You know, I can't say that this will work in every situation. But here's the, the baseline. 
the people who are in your life, including those that you're intimately involved with, aren't there by accident. They didn't just show up one night. The stork didn't drop them off. Okay, there was a buildup. And even if it was a, a flash in the pan romance that turned into cohabitation, there was still a buildup. There was something going on way before you even met them. And then all of a sudden it started formulating when you did meet them. And all of a sudden the floodgates opened and there was love and romance and all that great stuff. Uh, and so you made a series, a long series of decisions that have brought you to where you are today. And this has profound meaning. This typically will tell you it's not something that should just be turned off like a light switch. It can be. Okay, sometimes there's room for that. You might just be growing in leaps and bounds and they're degenerating by leaps and bounds. You can call that shot and you can leave amicably with love in your heart. But what's on your plate is on your plate for a reason. Whatever it is that brought you together is likely still alive and well in that person. The things that complement your personality that are very different from your personality are still there. So at the first sign of trouble, or even a year or two of trouble, is not necessarily the time to hightail and turn around and say, adios, I deserve better. Hasta la vista. Good morning, fellow adventurers today four of four our fourth installment on relationships and this time i'm going to address the devastation that can result when one goes south uh, this let me also share with you what i've already shared that if you're in a relationship that's about to end that maybe you want to end maybe you desperately want to cling to i want you to understand uh, first and foremost, if it's coming from you, the yearning for separation, there's absolutely nothing unspiritual about breaking up, about uncoupling, about divorce, uh, you name it. Everything is happening inside the heart of God. And as long as you do it, as is true with all other things, with integrity, with authenticity, with transparency, with honesty, if you're the one wanting to, to grow a different way, then do it while covering all of your bases and all of your responsibilities with children and the like, and you can live happily ever after. On the other hand, I know from firsthand experience what it can feel like when we have over-identified ourselves with regards to a relationship, when we have unknowingly let their have accumulated an imbalance in our life that is suddenly brought to our attention when the other party wants to move the other way. Um, the point that I would really like to, to hit, the word I really want to register for you right now, even if you're in a relationship and you're learning and growing and learning and growing, so often through questions posed to me by audience members, it becomes readily apparent that there is this over-identification with their partner, as if their partner was an appendage of theirs. And if their partner doesn't do this or does too much of that, it's on them. 
It's like, look, you wanted there to be differences. You complement each other. Don't over-identify. If they go off the deep end, if they're into an addiction, if they're into unemployment, this is not you. And nobody thinks that it is you. But if you're so overly identified, then all of a sudden, every mood shift that this other person takes, every decision is going to turn your life upside down. There must be space. Now, to move forward into this devastation, I'll tell you, uh, it was the dark night of my soul. Everything in my life unraveled, including my relationship. And to make things even worse, I found out that there was a third party involved. My girlfriend had a boyfriend. You've heard me tell that story, and it wasn't me. Um, it was the most sickening time I can recall, where I would be on this roller coaster every single day. And I noticed something, and please be a witness to your own reactions, to your own obsessions. I would all of a sudden be in the depths of despair because it was extremely clear that this was over and done. And I would just, my world would be caving in. I couldn't eat. I was nauseous. I couldn't sleep. I hated myself. I hated life. I wondered if I'd ever be happy. I mean, everything was awful. And then the next day, I get a phone call, some contrition, an apology. The call would end, hope would be restored. I'd be on this uptick. And I couldn't even believe that 24 hours ago, I was in such a place of devastation. It's like, God, how did I lose my balance so much? But I had made clear by this one single phone call. And now that I'm better. 24 hours later, anger, animosity, um, it's not on the mend, things are going down fast, it's over, total despair. And I'd be like, wait a minute, you saw how irrational that was a day ago, Mike. You had your bearings, balance was restored, and now the depths of despair, it showed me to my shock and amazement how susceptible we are to our chosen, believed in perceptions. And I remember just thinking like, Mike, this relationship has taken your entire life hostage. Again, I was over identified with it. It was truly irrational behavior. And I was able to see that and you can see it too, in the middle of the commotion and the roller coaster ride. That didn't change the, the devastation. That didn't make me feel any better. But at least I had an insider's look inside of my mind, witnessing what was going on, realizing that if I could change my perception, no matter what the other person was doing, I would be able to emerge from this. I recognized it was irrational. You must do the same. I recognized that I was pinning all future happiness on this person's whims, desires, and changing moods. I recognized the imbalance that I was placing on this relationship, making it the be all and end all of my present moment, colorizing my past view and my future perspectives. And with that, and you've got to do this for yourself, it's not easy and it doesn't seem to help introspection. I started journaling. I started writing questions like Neil Donald Walsh would write to God. It's like, why do I feel so much pain? Why do I feel so utterly helpless? 
Why do I feel life is so utterly hopeless? Why have I lost any sense of one day being happy again? I literally wondered if I would ever be happy again, because this went on for three weeks of total devastation. I lost almost 20 pounds. And if you've ever seen me, I don't have 20 pounds to lose. I couldn't eat. I was sick. It was, it was sheer hell because I wasn't seeing the truth. And so I would write answers. Well, you know, I don't love myself. Is that true or not? I don't know, but I wrote it down. Um, uh, I, I, I um, you know, have an imbalanced relationship with my parents. Uh, true or not? I don't know. But do it. It will seem to make no sense and be utterly useless. Okay, I'm telling you now, the journaling in devastation seems to take you nowhere. But as the weeks peeled by and I was able to examine myself a little more healthy, uh, with a little more balance, as I continued to work on other areas of my life, which seemed impossible. I wrote the first chapter of the audio program, Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams, in this funk. And I remember thinking, I don't know how I'm doing this, but it was like another part of your body takes over. Lesson to make here is do stuff anyway to the best of your ability, and you will surprise yourself that you're able to emerge from this, this funk and shine, even though emotionally you feel utterly wiped out. And so that, that audio program ended up being a huge bestseller on the internet. As a book, it became a New York Times bestseller. And the whole first chapter, I'm, I'm losing weight by the day. So you will astound yourself. I was continuing to journal, but I was removing myself from that funk, from that imbalance, imperceptibly so that I could rightly see that I am of God, by God, pure God, that I am here to rock and roll, and that my fortunes and happiness do not hinge on the fickle behavior of somebody else. And ultimately, I remember, I will be honest, it was almost a year before I really felt happy again. And it was during that entire year, I thought, I don't know that I will ever be happy again. I remember thinking, I don't know if I'll ever go on a date again. I don't know if I'll ever fall in love again. This is the delusion you're putting yourself through when you're going through the devastation. And you probably know that, and it doesn't help. It still hurts. But by having that little speck of consciousness within you that says, this isn't right. This is not who I am. I am meant for greater things. I will be happy again, even though you don't believe it. The light will begin to shine. And within a year, do you know what I thought about that relationship? Do you know what I thought looking back? I thought, thank God that relationship ended. Thank God I was able to find balance. I didn't know I was so out of balance until this whole thing blew up. And had it not blown up, I would have continued to live a lie in that relationship. I could have, would have continued to to be a, a pawn to somebody else's whims. I would have never found my power. And, and now I, I look back and it's like, I escaped with my life. Oh, I dated again. I had fun again. I laughed again. I fell in love again. I was loved again. I don't care your age. I was 40 and I thought that was old. Now I'm 60, almost, I'm 59. And, and I know better. I know better. And I say I know better. Well, let's see if life ever puts it 
I, let's see if my my adventure ever surprises me. Uh, but I have learned to go within. I have learned to be grounded in truth. I know that I'm here for better things. And when an, an issue shows up, you will be grateful for it later on. It's not going to make it easy. It might be a year before you're out of the woods, but give it time. Do your part. Do your best. If you need to grieve, it's okay. You can grieve. But there's so much more waiting for you. You are so lovable. You have so much love to give. And if you're breathing, game is on. So see the delusion. Stop tricking yourself. Ride out the emotion and be ready for the best of your life. You will be so grateful that the chapter ended and a new one began. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!